0: Next is Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. I'm Dan Mack. On today's show, ride-hail drivers suffer a new indignity, and President Trump doesn't want to talk about his alleged role in a major media merger. But first, Apple stops getting chippy. So yesterday, the tech world was stunned when Apple and Qualcomm announced they had settled a bitter dispute over patent royalties just as the case was going to trial in San Diego. So here's how we'll break it down. So for Qualcomm, the settlement matters because it basically saves its entire business model in which customers have to buy both chips and access to patents for those chips. Not surprisingly, Qualcomm stock spiked 23% in the hour after the announcement, adding around $16 billion in market cap and was up another 13% in early trading on Wednesday morning. Now for Apple, this saves a giant legal headache, but more importantly, solidifies its path to 5G for the iPhone. But let's talk here now the rest of us. So for the rest of us, it matters because we all might become reliant on Qualcomm, even though very few of us ever buy a specific Qualcomm product. That's because the only other major U.S. chipmaker involved in 5G, Intel, said that the settlement will cause it to reevaluate its 5G efforts, which most folks read as a decision to bail altogether. And given how national security officials are terrified by all Chinese efforts to move into U.S. 5G, it could eventually give Qualcomm a de facto monopoly on what runs most of our future phones, particularly if we start to see trade war and national security concerns with Europe, which has been signaled out of the White House. The bottom line here is that we now have one major U.S. mobile phone maker, Apple, and one major semiconductor company, Qualcomm, supplying 5G chips to that phone maker. It may keep us safe from Chinese cyber spies, but almost certainly not from higher cell phone prices. In 20 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Chief Technology
1: Correspondent, Ina Fried. But first, this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, Bridge Bank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury and cash management capabilities, and a suite of international banking products. Bridge Bank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely.
0: We're joined now by Axios Chief Tech Correspondent, Ina Freed. So, Ina, can you just very briefly explain what the original Apple-Qualcomm dispute was really all about?
2: I mean, it's essentially a contract dispute born out of the fact that Apple just doesn't like the way Qualcomm does business. So, Qualcomm has a unique business model. They both... Sell chips, which is obviously lots of companies sell chips, but they also, in order to buy their chips, you have to license their patents separately. And they don't sell chips unless you license their patents, and it's a not insignificant cost. And so at a certain point, you know, Apple decided that that business arrangement wasn't really what it was willing to do, and it essentially stopped paying.
0: With the settlement yesterday, Intel, which is kind of the other big U.S. chip maker outside of Qualcomm, they announced they were going to, quote, reevaluate their playing in the 5G chip market. Market. Should we read that as Intel saying we're out, or or is it truly, do you think, a reevaluation, and they could stay in?
2: They're probably saying we're out. Look, most companies don't buy just a modem chip. Apple is actually the only significant customer that goes and says, we want a smartphone modem chip, because most companies buy a processor and modem all in one. And Apple designs their own processors, very powerful A-series chips. Samsung manufactures them, and they go to the market and buy a standalone modem, usually from Qualcomm in the last couple of years from Intel. With Apple now agreeing again to buy chips from Qualcomm, there really isn't a significant customer out there. So Intel is looking at whether there's enough IoT and PC customers to justify a modem business, but in all likelihood, we'll see them try and sell this business.
0: What does that mean for, you know, right now, obviously, there's huge national security concerns about letting any Chinese companies design or sell 5G chips into the U.S. And not for all sorts of things, but handsets are one of those things. So does this basically mean most likely Qualcomm's going to have a kind of a death grip on this market for the foreseeable future?
2: Qualcomm certainly is the only significant U.S. 5G player left after this. I mean, Intel may make some stuff for the networking market, but, you know, the question was, Is one really strong player better or two? Qualcomm certainly is.
0: What could possibly be the argument for one? From a broader perspective, for Qualcomm, it makes sense.
2: Well, even for the industry, I mean, the U.S., when they talk about wanting 5G leadership, there aren't a lot of options or future generations, too, 6G and beyond. There aren't a lot of options because the network equipment makers are all based elsewhere. So there's a lot of complaints about Huawei and their ties to China, really the only options alternatively are European in Nokia and Ericsson or Korean in Samsung. There isn't a U.S. network equipment maker. Cisco makes some stuff, but not really any significant part of the cellular market. So the argument would be that, you know, a really strong player, in this case Qualcomm, no matter how much they're charging for their technology, is actually good for the U.S. And Intel wasn't necessarily leading on 5G, even if they'd been able to deliver the modem for iPhones next year, which was kind of in question, which is part of what forced Apple to the negotiating table. Intel wasn't the leader in 5G.
0: Obviously, so Qualcomm gets to be the leader in 5G chips for for handsets. Apple obviously continues to be the leading domestic phone maker. Does this make it even harder for, you know, you know, Apple is an old company. Qualcomm is an old company. Is this make it even more difficult for some sort of well-capitalized startup to come and jump into the market just because if for nothing else, if it wanted domestic chips, it would have to go to Qualcomm, which has a deal with Apple. There's kind of a duopoly on both sides, which has now been strengthened.
2: No really. I mean, Qualcomm sells its chips to everyone. So there's lots of people that buy Qualcomm chips, arguably, and Qualcomm makes this case all the time. It really enables startups because you can get in the smartphone business pretty easily today. You buy Qualcomm's chips and a patent. They have a reference design.
0: Do we know they'll continue to do that? Couldn't Apple put some sort of pressure, say, look, we are your big customer. Don't do it.
2: So no. So one, Apple most certainly won't have an exclusive arrangement. Again, Qualcomm's preferred business is selling the smartphone processor and modem in one. It's a more lucrative, it gets a lot more. So Qualcomm would actually like to supply far more competitors. Apple's business is big, but only because Apple sells so many smartphones. So this is by no means exclusive. And in, Apple is actually taking a fairly small amount of Qualcomm's overall chip technology. So everyone from, you know, Xiaomi to LG to Samsung in some cases, everyone uses. Qualcomm's processor. So, this won't block competition in any way, except for, you know, it makes it bad for Intel. I mean, Intel's the one that loses out here, but not phone
1: makers. Ina Freed, Axios Chief Technology Correspondent, thanks so much for joining us. My final two right after this. The Equity Fund Resource Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Leveraging nearly two decades of expertise delivering solutions to emerging technology and growth companies, BridgeBank now offers services for funds, SBICs, and general partners, including creative credit solutions, robust treasury management capabilities, and a suite of international banking services. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Be bold, venture wisely.
0: Now it's time for our final two, and first up are Lyft drivers, a select group of whom were given cash bonuses to buy into Lyft's recent IPO. The purchase price was $72 per share, and if the drivers sold on the first day, they made a bundle. But if they didn't sell quite so quick, well, then they're probably in the red. Lyft stock hasn't hit that $72 price in over a week, and today opened below $60 per share. In fact, the luckiest Lyft drivers might be those who didn't quite qualify to buy IPO shares, but who were still given a cash bonus by the company anyway those folks got to put it in the bank where it hasn't lost any value at all and finally the White House is refusing a congressional request for documents related to last year's 85 billion dollar mega merger between at and t and Time Warner The New Yorker recently reported that President Trump had directed then economic advisor Gary Cohen to have the Justice Department block the deal which House Democrats now argue would have been a major abuse of power moreover the New Yorker suggests that Cohen felt the same way major abuse of power which is why he allegedly ignored the directive altogether. So Justice did end up suing to block the deal, but lost. AT&T believed the suit was partially prompted by Trump's antipathy towards CNN, a Time Warner-owned network, but wasn't allowed to introduce that argument during trial. Now, however, due to this row between the White House and Congress, it may get new legal life. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producer, Tim Shovers, have a great national haiku day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.